Hello everyone, welcome to our podcast, The Little Women. We are three best friends who wanted to create a platform to communicate with an audience similar to our age, teenagers. We discuss relevant topics from significant movements to simple teenage issues that feel like the end of the world. Be on the lookout for our special guest episodes to hear about all the different kinds of people who have taken their time to not only educate us, but also you guys, giving an endearing Hi, insight everyone. On into today's their lives. episode, we have another very special guest, Naomi L. Naomi has a large platform on TikTok that she uses to educate her followers on subjects such as black history and the issues with fast fashion. One of her videos recently came up on my view page and I instantly loved how she was trying to educate people about things that the UK curriculum missed out on. So Naomi, we are very excited to have you on here today. (laughs) Thank you for having me. I'm very excited. (laughs) Well, starting with where it all began, we had a follower question. Very long username, so bear with. So Amanda... (laughs) 280304.x What made you decide to start your TikTok account educating people on black British history? Um my entire TikTok account is one huge accident. <laughs> That's how I describe it. Um I literally got TikTok in uni with my friends to just muck around with and then I'd say like end of May I was just like I need to rant to someone. My Snapchat friends are annoyed with my ranting. I'm turning to TikTok. <laughs> And then I just like made a few videos of me ranting. And then I just woke up the next day with 7,000 new followers. And That's I was insane. just like, this is scary. And so then people just kept on asking questions. So I was just like answering the questions. And then it occurred to me that we literally don't get taught anything about Black British history. Mm. And I feel like for you to understand the world today and to make change, you need to understand the past. So I was like, I'm going to do a few history lessons on it. And then the lessons did really well. So I've just kind of continued doing it. Yeah, that's amazing. You're doing what all schools should be doing. So <laughs> yeah. Um, has there been a moment for you in your own school career where you've been personally affected by the lack of Black British history and whitewashing in the school curriculum? Um, well, I'm a history student in uni. So in school, like I never really noticed it. Like I enjoy all sorts of history. So I was just like loving life. And then I got to uni <laughs> And then I picked a module in early early modern Europe. And one week of the module was dedicated to like black people in early modern Europe. And I was like, I did not know black people existed in Europe like at this time. I was like, what is this? Mm. And then my lecturer was telling me so much about it. And I was like, why do we not learn about this? Because I did early modern history for my A-levels and it was not touched once. And I was just like, that is... They just like erased a whole group of people from my school education. And I was like, that is wrong on so many levels. And I was like, I'm going to try change that and just educate people the best way I can. I feel like even if you don't like specialise in history, it should still be at least taught in the younger years, even the basics. Yeah. <laughs> Especially since like the whole of Europe was like built on black history as well. Like it's just. Yeah. See, that's ridiculous. the main issue I have with the education curriculum um, we're taught so much about how great this country is, but we learn nothing about the exploitation that led to this country being what it is today. Mm-hmm. And I just, I, you could just drop a few things in there. Like when we learn about World War II, you could drop Rindwash in, in there and say how they helped to build the economy. But that's just completely skipped. And it took so many people l- hearing about the Windrush scandal on the news to know what the Windrush generation was. Mm. And it's just like, we just need to have a more 
holistic view of British history. Yeah, yeah. and I was just going to say, it seems like um, it's only as you start to study it more. So like like you say, like you're at uni and you're only just hearing about all, the, all of this stuff. So imagine the kids in like year seven, year eight have absolutely no idea. And if they don't want to study history past where they have to, then they have to educate themselves. You know what I mean? Like it's yeah. not compulsory for them when they're younger. Mm. And realistically, so. kids won't educate themselves. Yeah. I no. didn't when I was that age. I no, yeah. only did what I was interested in, then I left everything else. Yeah, yeah. that's the same with me. I, I, because of like all the Black Lives Matter movement at the moment, I've only just started educating myself about everything. And it's like, like using your TikTok as well, it's mad how much like I didn't know. And like just yeah. like reading books, like even watching films, you can just learn so much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Well, I recently learned about whitewashing as well. Speaking of not knowing enough when you're younger, um, could you give us some examples of whitewashing in the curriculum so our audience could be like greater educated on how to identify it? So whitewashing in like the history curriculum is kind of erasing the existence almost of people of colour and all the contributions they've made so I would say for example when we learn about the thing is with Britain like the whitewashing of Britain is kind of a mixture of whitewashing and Americanization of the curriculum when it comes to race relations so I literally just filmed a video today about Elizabeth Barrett Browning who was a Victorian poet who was black And she was so popular at the time. She worked to help with the the abolition of slavery. She helped making reforms in child labour laws. And those are big things that happened, that happened in this country. But she's just not covered at all. Like, she's the sort of person that could be covered in both history and English. Mm. But when we study those subjects, we're given quite a whitewashed perspective of it. Mm. Mm. So even in English, when you do study, like, black people in early modern England you're you're learning about Othello and Othello is written from the perspective of a white man so Mm. but there but there were black writers at the time but we're just not having their perspective and then Mm. I mentioned the Americanization of British of race relations being taught in the country we learn about Rosa Parks but majority of people do not know that the exact same thing Rosa Parks did happened in Bristol and there was the Bristol bus boycott and because our how we're being taught race it's becoming quite americanized we almost forget that we had our own problems in this country as well yeah mm. i 100% agree with that i feel like um when i was growing up as well i always thought like i saw what was going on in america and i thought that is horrible how could they ever do that and stuff and then it took me a while to realize that i had just been seeing that because i feel like all we see on the news is america <laughs> like yeah. obviously yeah. our own country a little bit but like a lot of stuff that happens is all about Trump and all about the Black Lives Matter movement in America. But you have to reflect and think about your own country as well. Mm, so. Yeah, everyone says, oh, well, at least we're not bad as America. But yeah. that's just because you only see America. Mm-hmm. And if you're not actually living in it, you won't know the extent of what happens. Yeah. yeah. Can I just yeah. say about how you said the Americanization of like, everything and like in the British curriculum especially in history like at our school we learn about American history and like Native Americans and I feel like you like when I was learning about it I was saying oh my god like it's awful what they like did to the Native Americans and like how it was built on the land of the free as they call it um 
but then why aren't we being taught about like the slave trade in England? Because I can only I yeah. can't remember being taught that in high school that much. Like maybe one lesson. Mm. I think I covered the slave trade once in primary school. Didn't mm. cover it again in my entire school education. And like this country, like we have done a lot of horrible things in the past. Like we mm. literally had concentration camps in Africa and Asia. Like we have done nasty things. So whilst America was not great, um, te- we've also done exactly the same thing, but we are we are very good at removing ourselves from that. Mm-hmm. And it's almost, you look at it and people are like, oh yeah, but that was ages ago, but the effects of that still remain today. Yeah, definitely. 100%. Um, okay then, so we have our next question from another follower. Um, the name is Aoife Nyland. Um, and they ask, Firstly, they wanted to say they love your TikToks. <laughs> Thank you. Um, and they asked, what's the most frustrating thing that you've learned about Black British history? I'd say the most frustrating thing I've learned about it is just the fact it's not taught. Mm-hmm. Because it is, I think it's so interesting. I think all history is so interesting. But when, you've, when you're exploring something you've never been taught ever, that makes it even more interesting to me. And just like going out of my way to do all the research I enjoy doing it but it's so frustrating that they, they couldn't even be like at least one lesson on it and whilst we have Black British History Month um, it's barely any schools cover it my school covered it one year when I was in year 13 and that was it Um, I made a whole video on Black British History and like the whole month and so many people were like I did not cover that in school so it's just frustrating that it's completely overlooked and disregarded. And when schools do do it, it's very superficial and it's quite performative. It's mm-hmm. more to say, oh, I did do this instead of actually properly educating people on it. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like you as well, that like you cover so much what seems like unnecessary things. So like, for example, when I was doing, um, I'm, I'm like a history nerd as well. Like I love history, but like learning about the Normans at GCSE history which was a thousand years ago and not learning yeah. about things that happened in this country less than a hundred years ago that yeah. are more important. Do you, do you understand what I'm saying? Like it's kind of it seems a bit like skewed personally, but yeah, the curriculum, <laughs> I'd say the curriculum repeats itself too much. Like I did Tudor history from age yeah, seven yeah. <laughs> up until age 17 I love Tudor history. I didn't need to know that much about Tudor history. I'm not specialising in Tudor history. Like, we should cover more bases when it comes to history. Do you think that there's a specific event or person um, that you think is really important to know about or to educate ourselves on that isn't a part of the school curriculum? Um, there's so many. Yeah. And people, <laughs> I would say Dr. Harold Moody is a really really interesting man he was born in Kingston Jamaica came to England to came to London to study medicine at King's College and he obviously faced many struggles couldn't find work couldn't find lodgings because he was black he started his own practice in Peckham but what makes him amazing to me is he created the first effective black pressure group in this country and we learn a lot about like the charters were drilled into my head from such yeah, young age same. we learn a lot about pressure groups but just that there, there were so many things going on at the time and it, like 
for it to be the first effective black pressure group, that's basically the foundations of all the pressure groups we have for minority groups in this country now today. And I just think it will be something that's really interesting to learn. And even her name escapes me, but <laughs> Queen Victoria's Queen Victoria's goddaughter. Um, oh yeah, I, I remember was, watching your TikTok video about this. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sarah Bennett, Sarah Forbes Benetta, that's her name. She was Queen Victoria's goddaughter. She was from Africa. And like she had such an impact on Queen Victoria. Like when she died, like Queen Victoria wrote in her diary how much she's mourning her. And whilst I feel like when we learn about people like Queen Victoria, we get a, oh, she was depressed when her husband died and that's it. But there was so much more to her and so much she did do regarding race relations in this country. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so what do you, we kind of have already covered this, but what change would you like to see, do you think needs to happen in the UK's education system? It just needs to be more diverse. Um, we are a multicultural country. Um, Mm -hmm. we just need to I feel like there's so much cultural diversity that there should be cultural representation definitely in this country when we learn about history and I just think it's a shame that like so many young children of colour just aren't learning about their history like in school especially Mm -hmm. like if you have like a Asian or black history teacher like what a perfect person to be teaching you about my Asian and black history. Mm. But instead you just get like, just like the normal curriculum. And whilst I love the curriculum as it is today, I love history. I just think it should be more diverse. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like, like not just history, like films, TV shows, they should be more diverse as well. And like have like be about black history and not directed by a, like a white, director because I feel like that's once again showing it from the white person's view and not like showing it from a black person or like any other races view you know no I agree and even Mm. when it comes to media representation there's so much colorism that happens within that so like dark people of darker complexions just aren't represented so the movie the hate you give um in the book the main girl is actually a dark-skinned black girl but in the movie she's she's a light-skinned black girl which is fine it's an amazing movie it has a powerful message but when they represent black people they only represent one type of black people when they're so it's it's a spectrum of shades Mm. and more shades should be shown Yeah, yeah definitely so um this was actually something i didn't know until actually quite recently but do you just want to um like tell our listeners what colorism actually is because it's a term kind of tossed around and um it's not you hear racism but there's also a difference between that and colorism so could you just give us like a definition of what it is do you think um so colorism is something that can come from outside a community and it also occurs within a community and that is just the preference towards lighter skin tones so it's mainly like putting people with light skin tones on the pedestal, viewing them as more attractive than you would people with darker skin tones. Mm, okay, yeah. I feel like it's kind of like <laughs> when, when people say like, oh, I like light-skinned boys. And then, yeah. yeah. Okay, well, as we were speaking about how we need to, like, how you think we need to change the education system, what do you think our listeners could do to help promote change? Um, petitions. Um, 
but if you're in the UK, only the government petitions because they don't take any other petitions. And just actually just taking the time out to educate yourself. Um, there's so many means, like you could literally get out, get out a history book. You could watch a movie. You could, I'm such an advocate of listening to like black voices to learn about black experiences like bring up a podcast watch interviews there's an amazing that oh there's an amazing show on channel four called the talk <laughs> which is black british celebrities given their experiences of racism in this country and i feel like that's such an amazing way to learn about this country's history with race because you're hearing it straight from the horse's mouth mm. but since you're just educating yourself i feel the best way mm. to create any sort of change is to have enlightened people mm. and you can enlighten yourself and then once you do that even though it may not be as widespread as the curriculum you're still having an impact on those around you as well yeah I feel like we've had a lot of time to educate ourselves as mm -hmm. well during lockdown like you can like order books you can like obviously there's loads on Netflix like um when all the black well it's still happening when the Black Lives Matter movement started, I searched up on Netflix, Black Lives Matter, and so many things came up. Um, so we did see a spark of change recently with the murder of George Floyd. What was your personal reaction to how the world responded? I feel like George Floyd's unfortunate death was, it was horrible. But there was also like, within the space of two weeks, so many other race-related incidents that just shouldn't have happened. Mm. So... I was personally just like really upset by the whole thing but I feared and I still do fear that many people view Black Lives Matter as a little bit of a trend mm -hmm. and there I I just felt like there was was a lot of performance activism and whilst majority of people have really educated themselves they've been signing petitions they've been doing all the right things and um, it almost became the sort of thing that oh I'm doing this just so I just so I don't look bad yeah which shouldn't be the case because it it is a human rights issue it shouldn't be a oh I'm just doing this so I look cool you should take it very seriously and you can kind of see that now mm. with the black screen things people on TikTok just doing putting a fist up in the air and being like sign petitions you're not educating anyone <laughs> on anything you're literally just doing it because it's a trend and to be fair the initial response was really good but Obviously, as people's lives move on, they, for they forget, especially if you're not a person of colour, it's very easy for you to forget what has happened and what is still happening. Um, I just thought it was very interesting to see. It said a lot about those I know and just the world in general. Yeah, definitely. Like, I know some people who literally just put the black screen up, didn't like... I, I You know when you know they just did it just to look like yeah. better, like to look better. So this is a bit different from what we were just talking about. So how did you deal with hateful slash hurtful comments? Like, is it diff difficult to filter the negativity out? Um, I used to cry a lot. <laughs> <laughs> um, when I first started TikTok, like, no one was seeing my videos. They're like, it wasn't a big deal. And then, like, there are just some weeks I just get an influx of hate and I'm literally just like, what's happening? And it's it's just so clearly racist. Yeah. Um, like, I've experienced racism, mm. like, in real life before, but having it online when you don't know who's saying it to you, you don't really know how to respond, and it's coming from hundreds of people, it's just shocking. Mm -hmm. And I have gotten better at managing it. Now, I, I can pretty much ignore it now, but 
the block button exists for a reason. Mm. I I block once I see something that's just slightly wrong. I'm just like I can't be bothered for your energy because a lot of the time it's to be very honest, middle aged men that should probably should be focusing on their jobs instead of TikTok <laughs> that don't even follow me and constantly comment. And I'm just like you're literally searching my name out at this point. And then I get weird comments from black people. Like, yesterday I received the comment, you're not even black. And I was just like, okay, so, I mean, yes, I guess <laughs> I guess my DNA has been lying to me for 20 years. I'm not even black. But I don't know. The hate just kind of proves you can't please anyone at all. Because whilst I would say majority of my content is informative and educational. So, like, for people to find an issue with that, I'm just like, that. that's the you problem at that point. And I just ignore it. Mm-hmm. Well, on a more positive note, what's been your um, favourite or like proudest moments when using your TikTok platform to educate others? Have you had a lot of positive feedback as well? Yeah, so I last week put out like a little spoken word piece that got like a lot of good reception. But just in general, like I love my followers. Um, They always make me laugh. Like I could literally just sit through and read all my comments and just be laughing. Like I love interacting with them. I love going on lives with them. And I remember say a month ago, I got a comment from a transgender guy that said, um, it was just like, I feel so safe on your page and I feel accept- accepted and loved. And that just made me so happy because I want my page to be a safe space for everyone. Like I literally don't care about race, gender. I don't care about religion, like sexuality. I really don't care. Like we're all people and I just want everyone to feel comfortable and safe on my page. Mm. Hmm. Yeah, that's really lovely. They feel like that's a safe space for them to go to. Um, yeah. Well, on TikTok, you not only speak about like Black Lives Matter movement and Black history, but also fast fashion. Um, could you explain to us a bit why it's so significant we reuse our clothes and have a greater understanding of fast fashion? Okay, well... I'd say in the past five years, the fast fashion industry has just blown up um, to crazy heights, in my opinion. Mm. And it just produces so much waste. Um, It's just not good for the environment at all. It's cheap materials. They aren't biodegradable. People aren't getting paid enough money to make such cheap clothes. And people are buying in excess. So because of the fast fashion industry, instead of having two fashion seasons, we now have 52 fashion seasons. 52? If if you look at it properly, um, they release new (laughs) styles of clothes every single week to make the consumer, to make the consumer feel Mm. like they're not fashionable enough. So they need to continue to buy and buy more clothes. And it's just, you don't need that many clothes. No one does. (laughs) And it's just such a waste and it's so harmful Mm. for the environment. I'm just such an advocate of, reusing your clothes as much as you can shopping secondhand when you can but we also need to remember that like having the ability to shop sustainably and ethically is comes from a wealth privilege and a size privilege as well so I like to educate people on just reusing your clothes not so much going out to tower shops because not everyone has the privilege to do so but just making sure you're getting as much wear out of your clothes as possible so like the 30 wear rule if you know you're going to wear it at least 30 times buy it if you're happy bumping into an ex when you're wearing that item of clothing, buy it. <laughs> but just don't buy things that you don't really need. Yeah. 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 I feel like as well, when people speak out on fast fashion on like the internet and on TikTok and stuff, there's a lot of like, oh, but what about this? But what about this? But what about this? Like there's so many blocks. Yeah. But it's like, just do what you can. 
and and just reflect on your own personal situation like if you know that you have a lot of clothes in your wardrobe that you don't wear then like that's it's yeah. a personal it's, it's personal should, to everyone we should just stop it? shaming people for shopping fast mm-hmm. fashion and um, firstly and everyone mm. knows what yeah. their clothing situation is like like it's for you to take it and reflect you don't if I you don't have to take my advice if you already if you're fine with how you're doing it and not everyone can do it it's just doing small bits that you can do mm. so do you have any like sites or like shops or <laughs> things that you know of that are known for sustainability um ebay secondhand stuff Facebook marketplace is really good, especially if you're a student, because it's not going to be that overpriced. You can sometimes swap the clothes, swap, swap clothes with people. Mm. Um, Depop, but then there is the issue of Depop becoming increasingly more expensive. Charity shops. And yeah. I'll just say, like, there are some brands that are making a conscious effort. So Monkey, for example, majority of their cotton is sustainably sourced. And they are continuously working towards being more sustainable. But I just avoid a dryer with my clothes because dryers ruin your clothes a lot faster. Mm. Just doing as much as you can to make your clothes last. And when I do shop fast fashion, I make sure I'm getting basic items that can last every single season and I will happily wear for years. Yeah. Mm. So you also talk about school dress codes. Um, so could you talk to us about some of the issues that you found with some schools enforcing um, school dress codes? I don't think having a school dress code is the issue. I think it's the extremities of school dress codes we are starting to see. So I went to an all-girls school. Like, there was mm-hmm. no... I did not see a boy from the ages 11 to 17. <laughs> so I don't think my <laughs> skirt could have been impacting teenage boys. But I got told that it's for male staff, so they don't get distracted. And okay, yeah, which was shocking. And just oh, in general, um, why weird. are you policing my body instead of policing people's behavior? Yeah. Um, I feel like school dress codes mm. in mixed schools and single sex <laughs> schools, when it comes to girls, are there to police girls' bodies, which tells girls that if you're getting unwanted attention, it's because of you and what you've chosen to wear. When in reality, it's because of that person not respecting you as a human. Mm. So I feel like, yes, teenage boys may get distracted. Educate them. You don't need to make girls change who they are and what they're comfortable in so a boy doesn't harass them. I just feel like it's just gone about the completely wrong way because if at a young age of 11 you're telling a girl you your dress has to be this length so you don't get unwanted attention by men and by boys they are going to grow up thinking that oh that happened to me because of what I was wearing when that shouldn't be the case at all Mm. people should just learn how to respect each other as well it's made a big deal out of and it's not even the most important thing when you're going to school yeah like the yeah (laughs) they should focus more on (laughs) the education <laughs> rather than I what you're wearing I wear bright colors in school like bright colors were not in my dress code I would get told <laughs> off and I was just like why they were like it impedes your education where <laughs> does it impede my education where does me wearing yellow what? top stop me from learning oh, so no. it's just the rules are absolutely ridiculous <laughs> and the justification for it is either highly inappropriate you're going to get unwanted attention from boys and men or it's just plain stupid, in my opinion. And they quite literally just want to control girls' bodies. Um, 
is there anyone like activists anyone that have motivated you or that you look up to and help could help our audience Um, be more educated on these I consider myself an accidental activist (laughs) (laughs) so at first like I I love that (laughs) I knew I educated myself about issues but I wasn't really actively doing so just because I I was just kind of living life Mm. and then this all happened so on TikTok there is Tori's Tori's Kingdom Tori um her TikToks are really good she's focuses on Black Lives Matter LGBTQIA rights and she has this series where she focuses on like petitions her followers give her so she raises awareness about different things and on the American side there's Fat Raccoon Jackie oh yeah 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 her she's entertaining and she's informative (laughs) as well Mm. um there are quite a few people um there is Andrew the African Kid on TikTok as well but I don't know regarding like activists I look up to I just I don't really think I do um just because I know it sounds a bit weird I've just like never really been concerned with other people (laughs) and I know that sounds really bad but like I'm not the person that will like actively like go like research someone and everything about them like I know like little bits about people and I kind of just take different qualities I like about people and smush them into one and try to like take those good qualities and like (laughs) emulate them um and do you want to take a minute to just uh plug your social medias where can people find you yeah uh, so online my instagram is naomi l music tiktok (laughs) username is i don't know why i chose a ridiculously long username i should have chosen an easier username but it's naomi very long and it's na double y double e o triple h m triple e and (laughs) yeah i I feel like it's too late for me to change it but that's my username fantastic well um i say i'll link all of them in the description if you want to go find naomi Go watch her amazing um, TikToks, especially the ones on uh, individuals in Black yeah. British history. <laughs> They're very informative. <laughs> yeah, they are. And um, in terms of our podcast, make sure you subscribe, follow, give this podcast five star rating. Um, follow our Instagram, which is at the Little Women Podcast. If you want to ask any of our future guests questions or keep up to date with our podcast, and yeah, I think that's it. So thank you, thank you again, me. Naomi. Uh, We'll see you all next week. Bye.